I V M. Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Simplified. And this time, it's a unique episode because you're getting pure, unadulterated Narendra Shana, which is not a good thing, I know. But Chuck and Shiket aren't here for some reasons. They're not very upfront about what it is. I sort of suspect that somebody slipped them the crazy glue in place of the Vaseline. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Otherwise, why would both of them not be able to? I'm so very, very suspicious. And uh, Chuck and Shriket, remember the scanner is on you and keep your nefarious activities like toned down. And yeah, it's a strange feeling. I'm uh, uh, sitting here and trying to uh, be funny, a thing that <laughs> I'm not. So instead of trying to force myself to be funny, I think I'll I just get on with my topic for the day, which is a shorty. And uh, as you know, shorties make you a little smarter as opposed to our regular long episodes, which make you a lot smarter than you were to begin with. And this shorty is about the glorious bracing smell you get at the seaside. And uh, well, uh, I live in Malad West and close to our house runs a creek, which smells, uh, how shall I put it? It's unique, right? It has been variously described as notes of mustard and boiling cabbage. And as one of my cousins said, no, it's like the fresh fart of somebody who has dined well. So those smells, you can imagine that those smells. And it's a smell that we are used to from our childhood. And we always like that smell because we were told that that is ozone. So it is good for you. So apparently, it's a load of nonsense yeah it's not and we believed actually because we were young and we were uh, silly and uh, we uh, had read in many places that the smell of the seaside is indeed ozone and it's good for you and uh, it is a tale that is quite old so uh, in the advertising blurbs of companies uh, you know, there have been many companies which sold ozone products and they continue to sell ozone products. You get all these ionizers and things like that, which uh, promise to make you healthy by giving you ozone. And in the 19th century and the early 20th century in Europe and America, there were ozone hospitals. So you go to a hospital, check in and breathe a lot of ozone. And even ozone cages at the seaside. And all this was specifically for, you know, enabling people to get healthy ozone ocean air. And even today in the 21st century, I found out that the Collins Dictionary defines ozone as the clean bracing air as found at the seaside. That's actually there in the dictionary when, you know, as a definition of ozone. And uh, there's another dictionary called the Macquarie Dictionary, which calls it clear, invigorating fresh air. And there is a clinic in Israel, a famous one, it's called the RAN, R-A-N clinic. And it's in an Israeli city called Arat. And it offers, it actually offers the healthful effects of ozone as part of its natural therapy. The, Israel is a big thing for natural. You, they have this dead sea and you basically go and you lie in the mud and then you come back and you tell everybody that uh, you're actually looking beautiful and everyone very politely refrains from committing, uh, you know, from, from commenting on it, but you're actually not beautiful. But 
that's 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 beside the point anyway so that's the myth about ozone and we know that it's a myth because of the efforts of a lot of scientists who actually went around poking uh, into marshes and things of like that to find out what was that smell actually so one of the pioneers is a guy named Andrew Johnston from the University of East Anglia in UK and he says we were misled twice over firstly the distinctive seaside smell is not ozone it is something called dimethyl sulfide and secondly because inhaling it is not necessarily good for you whether it's dimethyl sulfide or even if it were ozone it would not be good for you and he's not the first person to note that the smell is not ozone but he uh, was instrumental in making it common knowledge so you know when he said that it got published in papers and um, everyone knew that uh, it was something called dimethyl sulfide and not ozone so what about ozone then well ozone is a funny creature it is the threesome of the atomic world so all decent uh, oxygen atoms uh, sort of you know they live in pairs and uh, they are very sanskari so no one lives alone as well but every now and then in the presence of an electric spark little bit of madness comes about and three oxygen atoms cohabit very closely and they become very intimate and uh, they hang around and uh, as i was saying uh, it's a threesome a very exciting one i'm sure and i'm sure atoms like nudge other atoms and say don't look now but there's that you know there's a bunch of three you know like, yeah, have you seen three oxygen atoms and all that and then they come close by and very politely all the atoms look the other way something like that happens in the nanoscale i'm sure anyway the oz- odor of ozone was first noticed around electrical machines and electrical machines are not very new they are, they are not very old i mean they are they are fairly new so when people discovered how to make voltages and obviously sparks started happening and they found out there was a funny smell and there was this german guy named christian friedrich schonbein who made it made ozone who figured out that it's something strange and he tried to concoct it by passing electricity to through water and uh, uh, he called it ozine o z e i n and that was the greek word for smell and then it became ozone and uh, that is a strange odor that you sometimes smell uh, in a lightning storm i've i've never really smelt ozone so i don't know what it's like but i have smelt lightning storms and i can sort of imagine it it's a little acrid chlorineish kind of smell and the fact that it was made out of three uh, oxygen atoms the guy who found out uh, that it was a threesome was uh, sometime around 1872 and it became famous over the past few decades because they also discovered that there's a big layer of ozone in the stratosphere which absorbs a lot of ultraviolet violet radiation and makes the planet safe for for us and they also found out that there is a gas called freon i think which just destroys so freon goes and it just it's like the you know it's like the moral police of the atomic world so all these ozone atoms have to break up the fun and then they all like become two sums and they go away and uh, those things were ubiquitous because they were used in aerosols and they were used in refrigerators so every time an aerosol or refrigerator leaked you end up having a really big gap in the ozone layer which meant a lot of harmful radiation would come in and 
that and many other things led people to believe that ozone was actually good for them and that's partly why people talked about you know ozone 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 but apparently ozone is not good. so if you take a can full of ozone and inhale it you'll be pretty much dead and uh, other part of that uh, andrew johnston's uh, statement that it's not even ozone then what is it 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 is dimethyl sulfide and this dimethyl sulfide is a very interesting thing okay so dimethyl sulfide is a clear inflammable liquid that boils at 37 degrees but can exist at a ga exist as a gas at even lower temperatures and it is given off when you boil corn and and cabbage and in a different concentration for the characteristic smells of brussels sprouts so i have not eaten brussels sprouts but i know people it's very common in the us and all kids hate it so it must be some foul smelling stuff and uh, smell of boiling cabbage that i know what it smells like and it's not pleasant and it has been uh, a special a special favorite of my favorite author pg woodhouse who is a recurrent theme in many so whenever woodhouse talks about a character who's like you know one rt type who writes poetry it's always poetry about rotting corpses and boiling cabbage and there's a novel called service with a smile and uh, there's this character named lavender briggs and her day is described as having gone to the opening performance at the flaming youth group center of one of those avant-garde plays which brings the scent of boiling cabbage across the footlights and in which the little man in the bowler hat turns out to be god so those kind of plays i've in my youth i've uh, been around in those theater group things on random script it will be nothing happens somebody suddenly somebody screams and one random guy will be a plumber or something and he turns out it's god there's another uh, story one of my favorite called a fiery wooing of moderate mulliner so in that also he this guy is a writer of stark poetry uh, which does not rhyme and which probably which talks primarily of rotting corpses and boiling cabbages and then he falls in love then he has to write poetry which rhymes with moon and june and talks about love so he's very sad about it and uh, what else uh, dimethyl sulfide also appears an uh, unpleasant contaminant in my favorite beverage namely beer and the remedy there is to have a good sanitation procedure and to maintain a rolling uncovered uh, boil when uh, brewing the beer so beer is a very very tricky thing we did an episode many many uh, episodes back about the awesomeness of beer and craft beer and things of like that and it's it's an art so one of the arts of uh, brewing beer is the art of not making it smell like shit so that is dimethyl sulfide and uh, the interesting part about dimethyl sulfide is this it originates in the ocean and many creatures that live in the ocean uh, generate it from uh, their metabolic processes and it's a chemical called dmsp or to give as chakuda said to give it its full christian name dimethyl sulfonylpropionate that's what it's called and that loses the p the propionate part and it becomes dms these creatures then dump the dms into the ocean around them and what happens what usually happens is the smallest creatures generate all this when they are under distress 
and they'll usually be under distress because some predator is attacking them. So the very, very, very small creatures, which are called phytoplankton, they are attacked by a larger creature called a zooplankton. And moment that happens, otherwise, you know, I've always wondered, ocean is pretty featureless. There's just one big expanse of sea and there's nothing to distinguish it from anything else. And there'll be always birds roaming around and know exactly where to find fish. So one of the clues is this. When these creatures are in distress, they'll be emitting dimethyl sulfide and the birds can smell that and they go there and then they see whoever is attacking them, usually small crustaceans or shrimp or something, and then they go feed on that. And uh, two of the expert uh, birds at this are called petrels and shear something, shear waters, yeah, petrels and shear waters. And uh, so that's, you know, that's the food chain in operation. So one guy's uh, meal is, one guy's enemy is somebody else's meal, yeah. And even tiny creatures like bacteria release dimethyl sulfide. In fact, a huge quantity of DMS is released from the ocean and about 30 to 50 million tons per year, okay. The ocean makes some 50% of all the biological sulfur in the world and about 90% of that is DMS. And scientists have been trying to figure out how the genes of various bacteria uh, do that. So bacteria don't breathe oxygen, don't necessarily breathe oxygen like the rest of us. They, they metabolize different things. So a lot of ocean-dwelling bacteria metabolize nitrogen and uh, they sort of emit DMS. So that's how when they were researching bacteria, that is when they found out so much DMS was released. And that is uh, when Andrew Johnston figured out that that is a smell and not ozone. And the most interesting thing I found about DMS is clouds and climate change. So what happens is it rises from the ocean where various creatures make it and uh, they oxidize to make tiny floating particles. So sulfide gets an oxygen atom and presumably not one of the uh, threesome guys, the regular guys, and it becomes a uh, sulfate. And these sulfates are very, very, very small. So it's almost like an aerosol. And they seem to be the major source of what are called cloud con condensation nuclei. It's also called CCN. So the CCN trigger the production of cloud. So some years ago when we had a drought, uh, there was something called seeding the atmosphere. So there were planes going around spraying stuff into the atmosphere, trying to condense clouds. So they were, uh, uh, you know, they were seeding it with aerosols of sulfate. And uh, these cloud condensation nuclei trigger the production of clouds. And what happens is they start reflecting the sun. So once the cloud forms, the sunlight doesn't penetrate, it bounces back. So what is inside it tends to become, on the other side of the cloud, tends to become more steamy. And the water vapor grows and the clouds grow. And that's how... Uh, clouds form and rain falls. And one paper suggests that if the numbers of the CCN doubled, it could counteract the warming caused by uh, doubling the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. So it's still not proven, the jury is still out. But if it is so, then DMS will help control the climate and you know maybe abate the warming. So to sum things up, the next time somebody says that the seaside is brazing because of ozone, you can tell them sniffy that it's not ozone. Ozones are just non-dirty oxygen atoms 
having illicit threesomes and what it really is is dimethyl sulfide so stay cool stay tuned and see you soon for our next episode which will be a longer one which will make you much smarter than this one has and bye for now 